0: Hello, bonjour, and welcome to Asia-Pacific Conversations. My name is Jeff Nankaval, and I am the President and CEO of the Asia-Pacific Foundation of Canada, Canada's leading organization for research, analysis, and consultation on Canada-Asia relations. We're recording today from APF Canada's head office in Vancouver on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded lands of the Squamish, Musqueam, and tsleil peoples. This week, the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Business Advisory Council with business representatives from 21 APEC economies met in Vancouver to discuss trade, post-COVID recovery, and economic cooperation and connectivity across the Pacific. And today, I'm honoured to welcome Dr. Rebecca Santa Maria, Executive Director of the APEC Secretariat based in Singapore, and a champion of APEC and its important work in promoting sustainable economic growth and prosperity in the Asia Pacific region. Dr. Santa Maria has had a distinguished career as a senior official and trade negotiator for Malaysia. Rebecca, welcome to Vancouver.
1: Thank you very much, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, to think that I was here last in 1986. I was part of the Malaysian delegation for the World Expo, and my goodness, things have changed. It's, it's, but it's really lovely to be back here, especially in the spring with the flowers. It's gorgeous. Thank you.
0: Well, we are delighted to welcome you and uh, the other delegates to the meeting uh, here this week in Vancouver. Now, Rebecca, you and I are familiar with APEC's footprint. Uh, the economies of APEC represent more than 60% of global economic output, 40% of world trade, home to 38% of the world's population, but many of our listeners may not know the opportunities and the challenges this region represents for Canada. So, In talking to our Canadian listeners, how would you sell Canadians on APEC? Why should they care and what can Canadians gain from active engagement and participation in the region?
1: Well, That's, that's a good question. You know, um, Canada was a founding member of APEC. And really, as we have progressed over the years, the priorities of APEC and Canada intersect. So what we look at um, and we are concerned about in APEC are exactly the issues that Canadians are concerned with. For example, sustainable development, um, the digital economy, uh, f- uh, increased in trade and investment, these are areas where, you know, our priorities intersect and, and clearly there's a lot that uh, Canada can also contribute to the, the region.
0: Well, so not, not to complicate things further, but APEC partners now account for more than 80% of Canada's total trade in goods and four of our top five trading partners. So the U.S., China, Mexico, and Japan are all APEC members. But let's talk about what's happening here in Vancouver this week, the APEC Business Advisory Council, or ABAC, which has been meeting uh, here for its second meeting of the 2022 APEC year. And I wonder if you can explain for our listeners the role of this uh, Business Advisory Council within APEC and how Canada has or maybe hasn't sufficiently been uh, leveraging this opportunity to make recommendations from the business community around APEC to APEC's government leaders.
1: Jeff, the, the value of, of APEC is the fact that we have, as our partners, the business community. So the APEC Business Advisory Council has a key role in the work that we do. You know, as policymakers, policy is not made in a vacuum so you you need to have uh, some reality checks and those reality checks are provided by the business community so they are an integral part of what we do and you know they also keep us keep us grounded it's it's no point having high level ambition which don't mean a thing to your average business person so so that's why the conversations this past few days with the business community is so important. You know, when, when you're talking of um, trade and trade facilitation, more importantly is what, what value will it bring to the business community? How do the business folks see it, you know? Um, what can they take away from all these high level conversations that the, the policymakers have. So in the last two days, I thought um, the work done by the business community, putting together concrete um, suggestions and proposals for policymakers to take forward next uh, in middle May when they meet. And,
0: and what lessons would you say APEC has drawn from the pandemic? And, and how has the bloc contributed to the global recovery effort as economies uh, come out of, hopefully come out of the worst of the COVID pandemic?
1: One, one clear lesson that we have uh, to take away from, from this, uh, the pandemic was really about digitalization. I mean, we had very high level conversations about the importance of the digital economy, but COVID brought it home. You know, and we've had to pivot very quickly in how we did our work and how we engaged uh, this 21 economies across various time zones. How did we do that? And what could we do more of to leverage on technology so that we can deliver and we can have those very important discussions that matter to business I think that's, that's one key, key lesson that we all learned from the pandemic. So it, it sort of shone a, a brighter light on the significance of the digital economy. You know, we can talk of, uh, and it brought home also lessons around the di- digital divide, what we needed to do in terms of infrastructure, in terms of regulations, you know, and, and how uh, we could work better with the business community, with the technocrats.
0: And technology. So if that wasn't enough to have on everyone's plate, we now have uh, the eruption of the conflict in Europe. And um, I'm curious uh, to hear from you on, on how APEC as an organization and APEC's member economies, as they interact, are preparing or bracing for the economic impacts that are starting to flow now from uh, events in Europe. And, and what steps is APEC taking, if any, to respond to this, this uh, violent global disruption that has uh, as a result of, uh, of Russia's invasion of Ukraine?
1: You know, in, in APEC, um, we've faced a host of challenges over the years in different forms. Yes, uh, the intensity may vary, and, but what, what is important is that there is the will to work together to see how we can overcome these challenges. Uh, it's, it's not gonna be easy. The disruptions that we saw from COVID, the, the disruptions in supply chains, for example. And, um, you know, there was much work that was done with with the business community uh, in, in us relooking our rules, our regulations to facilitate business, to ensure that uh, goods, Especially essential goods flowed during this difficult time. Um, what do we need to do to ensure that the supply chains continue to remain open and to facilitate business? Uh, yes, we will have, and, and we well, we no one saw this coming. Uh, so the the supply chains will or are being disrupted, and that's why it's important to have those conversations because these these are global challenges. So we need a global response, um, as cliche as that may sound, we have, we, no one economy can, can do this alone. So as during this time, this challenging times, it's more important for us to keep our doors open, to keep those conversations going, to see how we can, um, you know, facilitate business, uh, keep our borders open, keep goods flowing, uh, supply chains going. So more, more, uh, regional conversations, then less.
0: Well, I know that is, I'm sure it's going to be preoccupying you in the months ahead. Um, At the same time, uh, and you've touched on already digitalization, uh, I've noticed in the discussions of the Business Advisory Council this week that digitalization is something that really flows across uh, all of the work groups in APEC, and uh, particularly for this Business Advisory Council, and um, I'd be interested uh, to let you go a little bit deeper into where this is going now um, and in terms of the work agenda for for APEC and for bodies like ABAC that are, that are a part of the APEC family.
1: Some years uh, back, APEC already saw what was coming in that sense. And we developed the APEC Internet and Digital Economy Roadmap. So what is happening now is that there's further emphasis to ensure that those 11 key areas in the roadmap are implemented. Key to that is managing the infrastructure and managing the regulations. So tied back again to see how our regulations on data flows, for example, you know, sharing of data, these things matter, uh, not just for businesses, not just for big business, but for, for the small enterprises right the SMEs so how do we do this so and and as you said it's cross-cutting so the work um, is taking place not just in the digital economy steering group at APAC but also in the SME working group in the health working group because now you've got another dimension added which is telehealth for example you know, for the longest time, it was e-commerce. We were all wrapped up in e-commerce. Uh, but with, with um, the pandemic and us having, you know, c- constraints on our travel, for example, e-commerce became even more important. But what also surfaced was the digital divide. I mean, you, you can talk all you want about e-commerce, but if you don't have the necessary infrastructure, one, if your folks are not skilled, given the necessary skills to look uh, to use those those uh, those tech uh, tech, tech uh, what you call it is the technology, it it still doesn't doesn't help. So the work that we do in APEC in that sense to build capacity around the digital economy, to have uh, sharing of best practice, looking at regulations. Um, and now what, what is called tech, um, technological uh, regulations. Those things matter, and those things are, are really what is, uh, what, what's putting APEC you know, uh, right up there in, deal, in helping economies and businesses deal with these challenges.
0: And there are other organizations in the world you know, under the UN umbrella, uh, World Trade Organization, uh, other groupings of, of countries and um, how, how does APEC, what's, what's the special contribution that APEC can make in the way that it's structured and, and what would be a few examples of the things, the ways in which APEC has helped to advance, uh, you know, make progress on these issues?
1: Let me just use um, the safe passage work you know, when, when COVID hit and, and businesses found that they could not travel, and that was a major impediment to how we used to do business in the past. So one of the key proposals from the APEC Business Advisory Council was how do we get business going again? How do you facilitate safe travel, safe passage? And and that's a key aspect of the work that is being done. Uh, we've, we've had various discussions, uh, uh, not just among the APEC member economies, but with the international bodies, because some of these are very specialised work and, you know, that's being done and you don't want to duplicate stuff and you want to be able to tap into the expertise that's already out there. So um, APEC then engaged with IATA, IKO, WHO to see how, you know, to, to, to have a better understanding of what they're doing and how, Together, we could uh, improve or, or facilitate the business travel among ourselves.
0: And uh, another area that Canadians are, are particularly interested in is the energy sector. And, uh, and in, in this year, we're all talking about energy transition, a transition to cleaner forms of, of energy, renewable energy. Um, And I know this is an area also of focus for APEC that I think is of uh, great interest to Canadians.
1: Yeah, Uh, you know, sustainable uh, economic development, the environment concerns have uh, become more and more uh, front and center in the work that we do. As we were drawing up the vision for APEC going forward, the sustainable economic development and sustainable development is, is one of the key pillars of work. We have the energy working group. I mean, there's there's a lot that needs to go into this discussion. Uh, what, what do you mean by green financing, for example? You know, what is it about um, uh, energy transition? How, what do you mean by energy transition? So these are conversations that are being held. And uh, a key part of this is also the definition, the taxonomy around what is and isn't the green, green economy. Um, Thailand, as the host of, uh, of APEC this year, has also put focus on uh, the bio-circular economy and energy uh, transition, uh, green energy, that's, that's key uh, in that discussion. So uh, we have the energy working group, as I said, and there, uh, folks, um, economies share best practice on how different economies are dealing with uh, clean coal, for example. You know, renewables. What does it cost? Um, what regulations need to be put in place? What kind of investments are necessary? So these are, are, are really um, important discussions that are taking place in APEC.
0: And, and would it be fair to say that, that one of the key contributions that that APEC has made and can make in these uh, in these global discussions and in the global development of ideas and putting ideas into implementation is in the very nuts and bolts kind of plumbing work of. Of coming up with, as you say, these taxonomies, definitions. If we're going to talk about trade in environmental goods, what's an environmental good? And and one of the, the functions that, that APEC has developed within an ecosystem of other organizations and bodies in, in the world's architecture um, has been to produce, to do the really hard work. You roll up your sleeves and, and you know, through endless discussions come up with uh, the details and, and and bring examples or usable uh, categorizations that can then feed into the work of, of other bodies? Is that a fair way to, to describe yeah. it?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think one example of, of the kind of practical work that we do in APEC is the work on environmental goods, for example. One, one um, challenge when you're talking of environmental goods or environmental services is the definition. What is an environmental good? What what constitutes an environmental good? So, APEC, in, in the year, in 2011, began in earnest to look at this and, and draw up a list of products um, of environmental goods. And from there from you, 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 you derive a, a definition, right? And working with member economies came up with that list and you know, APEC is a non-binding body. We do not sign agreements as such. But what we what we can do is further that discussion at a higher level in a more binding body. So with that list of, of environmental goods that we had, it, we escalated it to the WTO, and now you have an agreement. Um, and you know, to think that that the genesis of that agreement was the w, uh, was APEC. So that's a major contribution. Um, likewise, we have. Uh, Trade facilitation. I mean, what is trade facilitation? What does it mean? So again, much of the work was done in APEC, and then APEC contributed to that discussion to make it more binding in the WTO. And we keep um, at it. We keep uh, highlighting to our members that everyone needs to, uh, you know, implement those agreements. In that forum, because you don't you don't have the teeth, as it were, because we are a voluntary non-binding body, but at the WTO, you do have. So encouraging our members to sign on to the WTO trade facilitation agreement and implementing it, because it makes business sense.
0: So before we let you go today, um, uh, can I ask you about your thoughts on the future of APEC and on Canada's engagement with APEC, and uh, maybe particularly what that means for for young people and leaders of tomorrow and for Canadians as uh, as citizens and residents of uh, an Asia-Pacific country that doesn't always see itself as Asia-Pacific.
1: Yeah, you know, Canada, as I said, is a founding member of APEC. And uh, in, in, we, we did a, a survey in 2020, December 2020, to find out how folks in the region think about APEC. And Really there's a lot more work that we can do with Canada to increase awareness of the work that's being done by this body in a time of of, uh, much uh, challenges. You know, no one country or nation or economy can go it alone. We need to um, pool resources, we need to help each other you know, get over these very challenging times, and Canada clearly has a role in that. And we do hope I'm I'm putting a picture here. You know, um, we do hope that one way to get folks interested in what we do in APEC is maybe to host APEC in in, in sooner rather than later. As you did, you know, when you did the World Expo, the world came in and saw what was going on in Vancouver and how wonderful. And the memories that you take back from having been in in Canada, it's amazing. So, I mean, so an opportunity, it works both ways, right? the canadians get a better understanding of what we do in apec and apec member economies get to see what you're doing in terms of digitalization in terms of the environment sustainable development you know and how you are supporting your small and medium enterprises there's so much going on here in the last 2 days i've had the experience of of listening and see and seeing what's being done witnessing what's being done here in canada and i really do think there's so much so much that canada can uh, can do to support uh, APEC and um, APEC to learn from Canada.
0: Well, our team here at the Asia Pacific Foundation of Canada could not agree more <laughs> with that, with that assessment. It's been uh, now 25 years since Canada last hosted an APEC uh, year, an APEC leaders' summit, and there there are only 21 economies in APEC, and there weren't that many, you know, for the first decade. So, uh, so we are indeed long overdue, and uh, certainly it's, it's something that at the Asia-Pacific Foundation we've been advocating for some years now. So we'll, uh, we'll try to, to uh, continue to wave the, the APEC flag uh, for that uh, in, in Ottawa and elsewhere. Um, and uh, I'd just really like to thank you for your time today. I know it's great... That these meetings have started in person again. I know that you will face challenges, and you're representing the Secretariat. You have members to answer for. I think we're going to see uh, a period of some uncertainty about who's attending which meeting. You know, in light of the of uh, the of Russia's invasion of Ukraine and reactions to that. So I think you you have your challenges set out for you, uh, but um, we've been so impressed with with the work that the Secretariat has been doing and with the meeting this week in Vancouver, and uh, we just wish you the best of of luck uh, to you and your team. Please look us up again the next time you're in Vancouver.
1: Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thanks.